4: john chapman
3: what is going on faithful it is absolutely incredible to be with you guys i know it's been a little while um since i've done a live show went down to mexico um the cousin had a wedding shout out to kelly and travis they said i do it was a wonderful time got to hang out with family lots of cervezas but so glad to be back Um, and just happy to be here with you guys. I know this is later than when we usually do our live show, but there's just so much stuff going on. Veteran minicamp comes to a close. Um, This is episode 868, and there's just so much to talk about. You know, I was doing my show notes and going back through all the press conferences that have happened over the last kind of four to five days, just cutting clips, cutting clips, and I was like, good gosh, we've got – I think I cut about 45 press conference clips today. Now, obviously, I am not putting all those on today's show. That would be just a disaster. But at the same time, I you kind of get a sense for where certain things are going with the 49ers in general. Now, I w- I would like to spend some time in OTAs and minicamp, just kind of classifying what these are because – the questions that I get, not that they're bad questions, but the most common questions I get just cannot be answered with what is happening on the field. And so I I thought one thing that was great was Kyle Shanahan kind of went into this because the questions kept kind of reverberating the same concepts and the same kind of narratives. And Shanahan just wasn't having it. So we're going to hear from a lot of the coaches today. We're going to get through a lot of that, uh, the players who's progressing, who's not all those kind of stuff. But Again, as we jump into this, and I want to say thank you to everybody that's here. All the hashtag CCs, you guys are absolutely incredible. Um, and it, let let's talk first just about what OTAs and minicamp are. Now, if you are asking the coaching staff, they're going to tell you they're the same damn thing. OTAs and minicamp—they're different names for the league office and the NFLPA and for bonus structures and all that. But to coaches. They're the same damn thing to players, they're pretty much the same damn thing. And what that is is installation, you have to learn the playbook. And people just kept asking Kyle Shanahan over and over again, like, okay, like, who's which quarterback is winning, who's losing, who's getting better, who's doing all those things. And so here we go. Um, Kyle Shanahan on just what happens and what does not happen in OTAs and minicamp. I mean, we. It's OTAs. So I mean, every position, like I I think I've said to you guys before, like I don't try to come in and know who's ahead or not. This is, all this stuff gives these guys a chance to have a chance to compete in training camp. Um, When you don't practice football an entire off season, you don't do any practice of football since, you know, your last game. Um, It's very hard to come to training camp and be ready to beat someone out. And so that's what you try to provide all this stuff for, just to give guys a chance to get their learn the offense, get their timing, get everything. So now when they go to training camp, they're ready to compete. And that's truly where I see the competition starting. You, you know, again, as a teacher, I, I just can't help but kind of go that route with this. This is notes. Players are taking notes. You're learning the plays. You're learning the verbiage. You're learning each other's, you know, cadence on the offensive side. You're learning timing, all those things. This Nobody competes at notes. That's not what you're doing. You're trying to set yourself up to take a test, which isn't until training camp. Now it's not test time. Now is make sure you understand that you will be able to take the test. Uh, You know, what you do from this point, right, to today's the 7th, June 7th, all the way through training camp, that's when the test and the competition and all those things will take place. It's not taking place right now. And I, I get that people get so infatuated with first-team reps, second-team reps, all that kind of stuff. It's just not happening. Th- that's not what this is. That That's not happening currently. And I love, as much as the next person, oh, well, which quarterback, what was the stat line, and all that kind of stuff. And I get all of it. I totally understand, because that's just who we are. Who won, who lost? Who got a promotion? Who got demoted? Who was awesome? It's notes. (laughs) They're prepping for a test. The test hasn't happened yet, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. Now, there are lots of movements taking place. There was another player signed, the 40-hour sign, Daryl Johnson, defensive lineman, and waved wide receiver Shea Wyatt. Oh, look at Josh, the man, 40-hour's guru. He says, Shea Wyatt didn't last long after the roster breakdown episode. We had him 84, I think, um, which was appropriate. And, and I kept, you know, we've been screaming from the mountaintops, there are way too many wide receivers. <laughs> we, we had way too many. So they've already cut two wide receivers in the short amount of time um, and added some more D linemen and other stuff too. So Shay Wyatt, you know, is that a name that we'll see again? Possibly. But, hey, those back into the roster guys at positions – you're seeing if just something's going to happen or something sparks or if there's a fit or whatever because you didn't get to work out with these guys very much. You know what I mean? And they're still working out other wide receivers and you churned you that back into the roster not because somebody did bad or poorly but because you got to look at somebody somewhere else. You got to make sure you, you're trying to... You only have 90 roster spots but you can't rest on 90 assessments to get you through the year. You got to get about 120. So how do you do that? Some of these back into the roster guys at certain positions that, you know, are similar. You're just going to just freaking churn that bug. You just keep bringing new guys in. Do I think that, you know, Daryl Johnson is going to be a guy that's going to be around on this team for a long time? No, I do not. I don't. Um, But maybe he snaps. Maybe he's T.Y. McGill. Maybe, you know, he's one of those guys that can kind of catch. But it's somebody that's learning the system now that can come back later. Right. And that's what it's all about. Um, Couple other pieces of information. CMC's birthday is today. Uh, Christian McCaffrey turned 27 today, uh, which is really, really cool. Young, but not really young for the running back position, but he doesn't win like most running backs do. So, like, I don't know if I'm just doing this kind of a scramble in my head with justifying his age. Because his usage would say, okay, you're coming to the end of your running back career, but I don't think anybody believes that. You know, if as a 49ers guy, I don't. He, he was you could argue that the Eagles game was his best game. That personally willed his way to tie the score seven to seven um in the second quarter. That was all him. I think he broke three, three to four tackles on one play, right? So he was getting better and better and better and better and better. And, and I think that he is expected to come in and pick up where he left off. However, you look at his usage and other running backs in the league, this is usually where the downturn takes place. But again, he doesn't win that way. In the fantasy football community, which I think does a great job, I, I don't even think that they... Everybody's saying CMC should be the number one pick in, the, in all redraft leagues. Now, super flex, it gets a little weird. But in redraft leagues, like... There's non-niner people that are saying, okay, CMC is going to have a freaking field day. Field day. Now, one of the clips I wasn't playing on playing today, but the 40 Irish did something really, really cool. They do this once a year where you get to talk to some of the head position coaches, which is really, really cool. Um, because we don't get to hear from those guys very often, right? And so we got to hear from Bobby Turner, the man, and probably my favorite clip from bobby i wasn't even gonna play this today but we're talking running back so why not he was asked about what is the potential of jp mason right uh, last year we saw him undrafted free agent everybody fell in love with him i was screaming from the mountaintops this dude's gonna be a stud gonna be a stud gonna be a stud they asked him um uh, so if, if the the audio is you know a little off i apologize just because they were in a you know a a film room recording this without the mic and all that stuff. So I tried to splice and add and enhance and all that stuff, but hopefully it's, it's, it's workable. You guys let me know that are in the live group. Uh, so again, here's the question. What do you think of JP Mason? Um, what do you think of his potential?
5: Unlimited, unlimited. I mean, he's another player. Um, And, you know, throughout my career, we've had a lot of success, you know, with those free agent down the line, low round draft picks, et cetera. And I coach him all the same personally, et cetera. And uh, he was already here, you know, when I came in. uh, But I've seen tremendous uh, growth mentally, the way he matures uh, in, in all areas of his game. And I'm still expecting a lot more out of him.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.
3: I I thought that was cool. Uh, (laughs) I I just thought that was so cool for him to come in. Because, again, wasn't one of his guys. Wasn't one of his guys. remember, he took a leave of absence, but he came in. I don't know how this running back room is going to shake out. I I know Elijah Mitchell is going to be the number two. That's what they want. The injuries, all those things have definitely been an issue. Um, Right here. Uh, Is Elijah Mitchell injured again? I think they kept him out for precautionary reasons. But, you know, they want him 100 percent because if you look at Elijah Mitchell knows everything, he's the most veteran running back in this group as far as being around the 49ers system, which is weird to say. Um, But obviously, like, CMC is, is the vet, but not when it comes to being in 49ers training camp and playbook and all that stuff. No, no, no. Elijah Mitchell's got through it two years in a row. So... That's huge. So right now it's CMC, then Elijah Mitchell. Who knows after that? Who knows? You got TDP, you got, you know, Mason. We've got a pretty good running back room. Not too concerned about that. You know, you know, I did, if you wanted to dive into some of the Undrafted free agent guys, they got running back Kalen LeBorn out of Marshall, uh, finished up a Patreon video of him recently, that's up on Patreon, and running back Ronald Awat out of UTEP, have not gotten a hold of his tape yet, still trying to, um, but Laborn was interesting, you, you can go check that out, and i put all the draft notes and all that stuff up there, Awat we'll get to, but they, they've got a lot of guys, they, they've got a lot of guys, and so... We'll see. We'll see. I, I love this from Greg. As Clayton put it up all ago, but I want to put it back up there again. My favorite coach on staff, love to hang out with him. Positivity, man. That dude just positive, loves life, loves his job, and it, it shows. It, one of my favorite things about people is when they like their job, like, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. There's just something, not because I like people that, you know, want to work or what, I, I don't know what it is, but. If you find somebody that enjoys their job, they're usually pretty pleasant to be around. I think is what it is. You just listen to Bobby Turner talk, and it's just like, Oh, this is a good dude, man. This is just a good dude. Um, and so you know, I, I think I wanna let's stick with this thing, okay? The this OTA mini camp competition idea. Because we also gotta hear from Bullocks, the defensive backs coach. I love this dude. Um, he, he was one of the ones that I really wanted to stay. Um, just because I think that I wanted continuity at all three levels of defense with, you know, D'Amico leaving and we were able to do that. We were able to do that. I thought that was really, really important. Um, so having said all that, the question of, you know what, let's talk about what it looks like. When, you know, everybody's super high on Jair Brown. Getting interceptions out the wazoo. He's playing great. Is he going to be able to press for playing time? The question was asked to the DB coach, Bullets, Daniel Bullets. Listen to him talk about it. This is so key. Like, you can apply this to every position. Is Jair Brown, the rookie we traded up for, going to compete for a starting safety spot?
5: First thing first, you know, for all my players, I want them to have the mindset. They want to compete to start you know, they're going to be given out every opportunity to start. It's on them to take the job at the end of the day. But at the same time, we want them to do their job. So my biggest thing, especially for the young guys, I want them to own, own their role. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, do their job first. At the end of the day, where it's communicating, was executing, going to get the football. Once they understand that, now, you know what I'm saying, now they're in a position where they compete for the starting job. But if they don't know how to play the position, then they can't compete for the starting job.
3: Again, right now it's not about competing. Right now, is about knowing your damn job so that you know what to do. Then you can go out. He wants them to have that that mentality. Yeah, you need to go out to compete for it. He's saying it, it's not there. Now, here's the thing I keep going back to that are like, oh, Johnny Brown's going to be starting. Johnny, and he might be. And I hope he's that good that he gets to. But remember, Tayshawn Gibson's the same guy that took Jimmy Ward's job and never gave it back. Never gave it back. So much so, Jimmy Ward's gone now, was the longest tenure 49er, Hey, Sean Gibson came back, right? So can, can Jair Brown in his rookie year do something that Jimmy Ward couldn't do as a nine-year vet for the 49ers? That's a tough ask. But it's not something that the 49ers are sitting there saying, man, we really need this. We really need this. Why? Because they have built this vet to rookie redshirt program factory, whatever you want to call it, and again, back to Bullock's. He'll talk about it again here. Going from Jair Brown, eventually he's going to start. There's no doubt about that. But he doesn't have to because they got vets in place as stopgaps to help learn and ease the rookie into that position.
5: Awesome to have a vet. You know I'm saying? I got it with starter experience and know how to play the game, especially like Tayshaun Gibson. You know, I think this is 12th year coming up um he's been an all pro safety um he's know how to he know how to do it and play at a high level he know how to take care of his body um you can tell but the difference with him playing with uh Telanoa you can tell that how close they was from a communication standpoint on the football field that Huff had grown as a football player. Now we're looking at Tayshaun Gibson. I'm telling Jair, hey, I want you to stay in both of those guys, hip pocket and learn from those guys, physically and mentally as well. And looking at Tayshon like he does a good job taking those under guy taking those younger guys up on his wing and coaching them up. So really Tayshaun, he's a coach on the field and just to have a player like that to be a coach on the field because I might not always be there. You know what I'm saying? That helps a lot.
3: I love it. I love it. I love it. And I I like this comment from Judd. You know, this is one of the narratives I hear all the time. Uh, No, he didn't. Nobody loses their job to an injury. No, but you can lose your job because of an injury. Jimmy Garoppolo ain't here no more. Um, Jimmy Ward ain't here no more. The starting quarterback or the leader in the clubhouse, it's not Trey Lance, right? What do all those guys have in common? Injuries. Uh, Like, you don't lose your job because you got injured. An opportunity was presented to another player because you got injured, and they ran with it. So, and again, like, it's funny. The Niners have, the NFL is that way. I mean, it's just what it is. You can talk about Tom Brady. You can talk about, go on and on and on. Like, nobody got, because they got injured, it creates an opportunity, and people run with it. That's just the way the NFL and the world works. You want the best team. If you look at a coaching staff, they're not going to sit there and say, man, you know what, but he got injured. That's not fair. Therefore, we're going to put this other guy in. You don't lose it because of injury. You lost it because somebody came and took the opportunity that was created because of that. I hope that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Uh, I may not be a smart man. Uh, but, yeah, Judd, I, I think you 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 nailed it. And they outplayed him. So now can, can Jair Brown outplay – Tayshawn when last year. Jimmy Ward could not. I don't know. I mean, literally Tayshawn led the team in interceptions. He had five picks that matches. (laughs) Jimmy Ward's told the crew, there's more to the safety position than interceptions. I understand. I understand. I understand. Um, But yeah, the the opportunity gets created and that's where it's at. Um, Now, let's jump to, I thought this might've been my favorite. It's a minute, five seconds. Uh, good old Igor himself, Bosa. It's funny. I, I told you I was going through all the press conferences I've missed since I've I've been out of the States, and sure enough, the last one was Nick Bosa, and I was just like, oh, man, it probably shouldn't end with this guy, but I do enjoy Bosa's press conferences. He was talking about the difference between last year's 49ers defensive line and this year's. And I thought it was, like, so astute to go from – you remember we had five defensive tackles injured in the first month of the season? Five. Then you look at what is there now, especially with the Hargrave signing and all those things. This this clip I freaking love. It's both Talk, so here we go. Enjoy. I mean,
6: um, last year was kind of a revolving door interior with the injuries we had and not having Eric or Javon. Um, so guys, we're coming in and playing snaps and games after being in here for a week, and that's just not um, not ideal for our scheme. You really want to get an off season in with um, with coach and really learn the nuances of of playing interior because I think playing interior is more difficult mentally and, um, and w- with our scheme than playing on the outside. So. Um, The fact that we have Kevin, um, who continues to improve, we have T.Y., who's been here an extra year, and then Javon's looking great, Javon, and um, Eric. I hope I'm not missing anybody. But uh, it just seems like we have a lot more depth, and um, if we're able to rotate uh, guys in and out, then we could play with the effort and physicality that we need to play with.
4: They were not in a good space. It
3: was a constant, man, let's try to figure some of this stuff out with with bodies. They were just throwing bodies out there. Now you look at the defensive tackle position, good Lord. I I think it's the deepest, it's the deepest position on the team, and they just added another one. There's just so many guys. I mean, you can pick your poison, but like, Remember, Kevin Givens was our week one starter last year. Now I think he's our number four, right? So he goes from being the number one guy for us week one to now I think he's number four. Maybe he was number two and now he's three, whatever. The depth has been built. Kerry Hyder was freaking starting games for us at defensive tackle. That's not his position. Changes everything. And probably the position that it helps the most is the linebacker position, right? When you have solid defensive tackle play, guys behind are free to roam and hunt and pursue, and they don't have to worry about blockers getting pushed into them and all that stuff because we see so much duo because the 49ers are different than most teams in the NFL in their defensive scheme, or at least they have been. We'll see if this continues, but I think it will. We don't load up the D-line. If we're going big, we go 4-3. That's our big defensive package. Now, I'm not counting goal line and whatever else. But look when the 49ers are an offense, the majority of snaps, there are five defensive linemen and sometimes six defensive linemen. We don't do that unless we're in goal line. That's it. We our big package is a four-three. <laughs> That's four D linemen and three linebackers, which means offenses double team our guys in the run game. That's duo, right? Where You have two guys block this defensive tackle. You have two guys block that defensive tackle, right? Duo. We're double teaming both tackles, and we're trying to get movement back. So when we're running it in the middle, we're pushing those two guys back. We're moving the pile that way. How do you stop that? You got to have guys that can beat a double team. Eric Armstead's great at it, which is weird with his length, but he plays with such great leverage and power and strength that he's able to anchor really well. Hargrave was the most double-team player on the Eagles' defense last year. And they had four guys with double-digit sacks, right? Ken Law, when he's been healthy, has shown that's probably what he is best at in his game. Not the first half of the NFC Championship. Second half of the NFC Championship, he did. So you're just you're building. Now, the, do we have the best defensive tackle rotation in the NFL? Ah, maybe not, but it's definitely up there. And last year, I would argue, is probably bottom five. With the injuries, because everybody got hurt, the, the Niners do this thing where they stack injuries every single training camp at one position. <laughs> you know, four years ago it was it was uh, center. We went through five centers before the Niners even played one game. Then it was running backs. Then it was defensive tackle. It's always something. Um, so it, we'll we'll see. It, it's going to be another one this year, whether it's you know quarterbacks or whatever else. Yeah. anyway, all you can do is insulate the team as best you can so that that won't happen. And the Niners have been very, gosh, man, they evolve. Whatever position cost them the year before, they load up on later. And I get the third-round running back scare and all the jokes and, man, back-to-back third-round running backs. But again, what led to that line of thinking? Do you guys <laughs> – I'm trying to think of his name off the top of my head. We had guys taking running back snaps for us that were not even part of our team. Man, who was that one guy that was the kick returner and he had that real bad injury? It was super scary. I need somebody to throw that up in the chat there. I, I bet you I could find it online. I think it was the 2021 20, season. Maybe, maybe it was a little bit deeper. You guys, We were just so bad at uh, – Trenton Cannon. There we go. I found it. Trenton Cannon. That dude played in eleven games for us in twenty twenty one. That was that was two years ago. <laughs> eleven games. Listen to these guys that got carries for us in twenty twenty one. Trenton Cannon, Jaquez Patrick. That's not a real person. Raheem Mostert. Ah, oh, he had two carries the whole season. Oh, that breaks my heart, man. Jermichael Hasty, Trey Sermon, Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell. All those guys are gone. Besides Elijah Mitchell. They're all, all the other ones were gone. So Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon, like hasty. It was just not Mostert, Patrick Cannon. So again, my whole point is this, man, we got screwed over right here. We better fix that. And so they fixed it. Thank you, Clayton. I I see it in the notes now. He nailed it before me. Trenton Cannon. Clayton, you mad scientist. you, You beast. Uh, yeah, right here, Aaron, he was, uh, he was in on it too. I love it. I love it. Um, it's so, uh, it's, it's, it's just the way the NFL goes. You, you can only have 53. You can't, there's a salary cap. You can't have the best team in every position. You pick and choose what you pay. And then you try to cover up, you know, your biggest weaknesses. And that's what they've done. What was the biggest weakness last year? I Man, I was at that Falcons game. You know, my cousin, who got married this week and they live in Atlanta? We went to the game together. If you were partying with us for the 49ers Rush Road trip, you probably met him and his uh, fiance at the time. And you know, most of the people there, they all went, they all live in Georgia, so they're all Falcons fans. So we were talking a lot of football. And it was just like, man, that game was so damn embarrassing. Why why was it embarrassing, right? Because they just walked all over us. They walked all over us. Let's see here. I'm looking at the game now. The Falcons defense golly they rushed for 168 yards against us the most we allowed all year all year and here we go oh we're we're getting real i wouldn't plan on doing this i don't care anymore this is just this just tells the damn story because this is why the niners do what they do they already had the best defensive line group in the NFL, but did that stop them? No. What did they just do yesterday? They go and pick up another <laughs> defensive lineman. They go get another one. Um, ah, all right, here we go. I got to find the right. There's our defensive things. I'm finally. Give me just a quick second. I'm pulling up on PFF because I want to look at the who the 49ers basically had out there playing against the Falcons. God, that game was so rough. All right, here's the game reports. Let's look at the defense. All right, these are players. Drake Jackson was the highest-graded defender, okay? Kamiko Ture was the third-highest-graded defender on our team. Kerry Hyder played 21 snaps at defensive tackle. 21. Samson, all right, he plays. Omenehu, he plays a lot. Akeem Spence played 37 snaps against the Falcons. He had a 47 score. Not good. Hassan Ridgeway, Kevin Givens were the two lowest players. They were our starters that game. And they scored, They finished with a 28.8 to a 29.9. Now, Hassan Ridgeway is gone. Kevin Givens is now our four. So you go from Kevin Givens playing 40 snaps in a game, which that's not his strength, especially against a power team. What have I always said about Kevin Givens? He's a matchup-dependent player. You play him against you know, a finesse team, he's going to do some things. You play him against a power run game, he's going to be a huge red flag, which we saw. Now you go into that game, and you got Eric Armstead, you got Javon Hargrave, you got Ken Law. You know, you're hoping those guys are healthy. It's just different, right? I know that's a little bit of a weird <laughs> thing got went off. Um, but, yeah, I think, I, I, I just think it's, it's, one of my favorite things about Shanahan and Lynch is they evolve. They evolve. We all bought into the narrative. You can pick up running backs off the street and make them work in this. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. Didn't happen. So what happens next? You spend on running backs. You end up with Christian McCaffrey. Did you overspend? Maybe, but it it effing worked. It worked. That dude showed up. You went on a tear. And I know there's golden rules that we all like to, you know, whatever. Don't draft kickers in the third round, but maybe it'll work. I'm hoping it'll work. I'm throwing myself in the evolution process. I don't know if you picked up on that. I'm being vulnerable. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm working on me. <laughs> Clayton's laughing at me, but that's okay. Um now, right here, uh thank you, Clayton. Uh, he says, Debo and Ayuk seem ready to explode. I think the number one kind of press clipping from all the players' interviews yesterday was Debo. <sighs> Debo is just Debo is critical of himself, maybe more than any other player, and he always has been. You know, Debo's been close to the league leader and drops. That's just who he has been. I, I doubt it's gonna change. But every single time he comes off the field, he says, That's on me. That's my fault. I gotta do better. Now, this clip, I cut individually like three of these things because he gives an answer, then a reporter asks, and he gives another quick answer, reporter asks, and it didn't flow. So I said, Screw it. I'm just gonna whole clip together. Having said that, Don't adjust your volumes too much because it kind of goes in and out. Just kind of prepare yourself. It's going to be – the sound quality of these press conferences are always just not good. But that's okay. Um, When asked how he did last year, this is – but I wanted to play the whole clip because everybody's just talking about the one phrase he said. And if you just hear that and walk away from it, I think you miss so much. So here's the question. Debo, how'd you play last year? It
2: was said and done last year. How, how did you, you assess your season last
3: year? Oh, it was awful.
5: It was awful. Awful? Yeah.
1: In what way?
5: Every aspect. Debo, do
6: you think i, 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 I on
1: that
6: a little bit? Like, what? I just said every aspect, but... Uh,
1: did that leave a, a bitter taste in your mouth? Oh, yeah, for
5: sure. Uh, me and Kyle had a long meeting the other day. We watched tape. Um, we talked about it. We put it behind us. And um, just going through the tape and just look how sluggish and, like, how bad it looked on tape. Um, like I said, uh, just reflecting on last offseason, it kind of played a big role in that. And I never put nothing like that back on tape again.
3: I freaking love Debo. One, I just love the way he is on the field, but that carries over. I mean, he's violent. In everything about who he is included in his assessment of himself. Like, you can't be an entitled person and have that assessment on your own self with what you did last year. I mean, very easy for him just to shrug his shoulders and say, I'm getting paid no matter what, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. That's not what he's doing. And that is awesome. That is a person you buy into. Now... Flip side, you can be like, oh, he got paid, he quit. And he talked about how the contract was a distraction and whatever else. And hey, yeah, you can be upset and you can be critical on those things. That's cool. That's not, and there's people that are going to do that. And rightfully so, Debo just did it to himself. I don't care. 2022 is done. We look back to know the future so that we can work towards that. Right. So that's what I want to do. Now, the question that Josh put up there was Debo and Diuk. Are going to explode this year. Can you imagine if Debo, if we get twenty twenty one Debo? Ooh, ooh, I don't give a damn. John Chapman's back there playing quarterback. going they're going to be. Whoo, I'll Uncle Rico it. I don't care. We'll get this done. Now, this this was probably this was good. So the same Debo interview. They asked him, "What are you seeing from Brandon Ayuk?" And again. With Debo, he gives a really short answer always. You got to press him a little more, then he goes off. So uh, apologies again at the volume level is in and out. You're going to get a quick answer from Debo. Then you're going to hear the reporter question a little lower, then Debo comes back. So just a uh, warning there. 28-second clip. Debo on Ayuk. boy in a phone booth right now. <laughs> what
0: have
5: you seen him do in the last year, year or two? I mean, um, just me personally, like seeing Brandon – from a rookie till now, like, he's got better day in, day out. Every season he's got better. And just, like, I, I'm seeing flashes of, like, stuff that I ain't seen him do. Like, how fast he is now, how explosive he is, and, you know, the separation that he's getting in, in and out of routes. So, um, you can tell he's really detailed his
3: season, ready to go. That's fun. That's scary. Can't cover that guy in a phone booth right now. Now, I will say this seven on seven and no pads that always benefits the wide receivers and quarterbacks. It's just easier to throw and catch, but space doesn't really have much to do with that. Um, have you ever seen people jam Brandon Ayuk in the line of scrimmage? Uh uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. that don't happen. You, you don't do that to that guy. So, I don't know, man. A contract year, I believe in betting and players in contract years. Not because players are selfish or whatever else. Generational wealth that will transform their lives, their children's lives, their grandchildren's lives is on the table. If that's a little extra, I don't give a damn. Uh, yeah, Uh Josh, he said, Demo said he was top five in his interview today. Yeah, I don't have press clippings from that. Um, I will have those for sure tomorrow. We'll probably be going live early in the morning, a little normal time, probably 10 AM Pacific standard time. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're about to see some things because this offense is just primed. It's primed. It's primed. This team guys is primed and I didn't jump into the whole quarterback talk and I don't really want to just yet tomorrow. I'll do a little bit more than that. Um, but, you know, if you want some more content now that we're not going to do our Zoom watch party tonight because of the NBA finals, uh, I'm going to hang out with a friend, uh, you know, with me moving up to the Bay Area and all that crazy stuff, trying to just maximize my time with some relationships here before I make that transition. So going to go hang out with one of my teacher buddies, um, watch the game, which is going to be a lot, a lot of fun. But... um, yeah, so tomorrow, probably going to go live around 10 a.m. That's the goal. We'll see if I can get all the videos processed, but I'll announce that on you know um, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere you get your podcast, And for your audio listeners, it'll come across your feed as soon as it does. Uh, Clayton, want to say thank you. We got to wrap this show up. Sadly, I just wanted to make sure I got a quick live show in. And uh, thanks to the man, Clayton. When Clayton shows up, we always have a good show. And I think today, even though it was short, was awesome. So appreciate that. Glad to be back. This is awesome. We're going to talk football some more, baby. And until next time, stay strong, faithful.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.